Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is good to be back. I'm here with producer Joe on this beautiful Tuesday night in mid-February. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great too. It's been a while since we've been back in the shop doing a regular episode. Absolutely. Yeah. When's the last time we recorded one? Uh, it's been so much almost, NFL. Almost two months. Almost two months. All, all this NFL nonsense has just gotten us bogged down, but we're very excited to get back to it. And we are joined by our next special guest. Nick Acosta, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Nick? Hey, how we doing, guys? Happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to have you on the show. And plus, you just have a natural radio voice. Yeah, I, I might I might try like <clears throat> be that guy. It's like, okay, he's trying way too hard right now to be doing this. But <laughs> I can take in a radio voice for ladies and gentlemen that are listening right now. He's got like that Howard Stern, like bassy, raspy kind of voice to it, minus the, the cares, obnoxious yeah. New York accent. But... <laughs> Um, no, yep. love to have it on. So, um, first podcast too. I'm excited. Hey, take, taking the podcast V card. Love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, first time's always, it's, it's, it's good though. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. Yeah. So, and, and you're new to the show, so I'll give you the theme. So my, when we first started the show almost two years ago, which is hard to believe. Yeah. The, the idea was to find successful people in diff, different industries and hear their origin stories. So I know that you got a bunch of really cool stuff going on that we're going to get into, but I kind of want to, you know, delve into where it, it all, it all started. So you're from uh, Northern Indiana, correct? Yep. South yeah. Bend, Indiana. South Bend, F- Indiana. Five, seven, four. Yeah. <laughs> no, not a Notre Dame fan. Everyone's going to think about the asking. No, I went to Purdue university down okay. West Lafayette, Indiana. Go Boilermakers. All right. They had a rough, rough game in U of M a couple days ago. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> and then had a scary win against Maryland. Who's 11, 11 and 13. I was like, I don't know why this is happening right now, but yeah, with Purdue athletics, um, I'll probably die at 60 just based on the amount of anxiety they give me <laughs> on football and basketball. So, but that's just, part, I'll say they're there and we're not going to talk about sports much at all tonight, but I will say that Purdue has a, has a knack, especially in football for being the trap game because they come out of nowhere and will beat like the number two ranked team in the country. Yeah. And then they'll lose to like Northwestern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like two and nine Rutgers. Like, Oh, that's classic. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those classic cases of they play against the talents of the team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, sure. I can go on that forever. But, so, yeah. so Purdue to West Michigan, what was that transition like? So I, when I graduated, I graduated in uh, June, 2014. So almost eight years being a Michigan man. Cool. It's wild. Um, yeah, I was 22 when I moved here. I'll be 30 in two weeks, but I got long story short, got a job offer right out of college, um, at Gentex corporation over in Zealand, spent four years there manufacturing, um, worked the graveyard shift, worked second shift. So I had fun not having a regular sleep schedule. Nice. So, but yeah, that's how I first moved here. Cool. And now you, you're heavy into athletics right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that for a, for a second. So you, um, you, 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 your brand of athletics is very much different than the, the brand of athletics that I'm familiar with. So, yeah. um, with the endurance running and the boxing. So we'll start with, um, marathons. So, so you're a marathon runner. Yep. Weirdly enough, it all started with wrestling though. Okay. That was, that was my first yeah. one. Yep. Tell me the, tell me the origin story of that of wrestling yeah yeah so my grandfather my mom's dad was a wrestler from uh, south bend central high school that no longer exists it like broke down like 68 or whatever mm-hmm. but he took i believe third in state when he was a junior in high school mm-hmm. and then i found out after he had passed away my grandmother said that he never graduated high school he went to the world war ii it just started so he went to the army no kidding so yeah but he's actually on 
the IHSAA website and that he took third in the state of Indiana, I think in 1939, 40. He's on there. I was like, oh yeah, Robert Skelton. So that's where it started. And I started in sixth grade when I was 11 years old, all the way through high school. And then when I moved to Michigan, or well, sorry, when I went to Purdue, uh, I was just mostly just a fan, supported Purdue wrestling. And then when I moved here, about a year and a half in when I moved to Michigan, I actually started becoming, I became an assistant wrestling coach at Rockford High School okay. for wrestling. Cool. Yep. So um, what was that transition like? Um, go, so when I, I played football for four years in high school, yep. and then about four years after that, I went back to my, my alma mater and I coached for a year. And I learned more in one year of coaching than I did in four years of playing. Did mm-hmm. you kind of have a similar experience or was yeah, it a little you, different? You know, what's really interesting is that Indiana wrestling is very different from Michigan wrestling based on one, there are four divisions in Michigan wrestling. There's no divisions in Indiana. Oh, for real. So what, 224 wrestlers make it versus 896 in Michigan. Gotcha. Um, and even the layout's different too. Like Do there you mean are like weight divisions or no, so there's there both every state has 14 weight classes. Okay. Um, but Michigan has four divisions, you know, division one, two, three, and four. Gotcha. Indiana Based on school size. School size, Got yeah. It. Indiana okay. actually has no divisions when it comes to individual sports. So okay. football has classes. We call yeah, we call them classes. Football has classes, basketball has classes. Wrestling, track and field, tennis, swimming, no no classes or divisions. Mm-hmm. Um there there's so in wrestling there's one state champ per weight class in sure. Indiana. In Michigan, there are four state champs per weight class. So that was something interesting to get into as well. And then even like the talent pool was different. Not saying that lower division guys are worse wrestlers, but Obviously, when you have a smaller school, you have less resources to go after. You're going to kind of be in the same pool with other guys as well. So that was one thing to get used to as well. And when I came to Rockford, I did not know who they were. I knew of Lowell. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows Lowell. We actually... Lowell would face a rival school of mine back in Indiana. That's how I knew of them. But Rockford, I did not know they had two state titles when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had a wall of champions. I didn't know they had a four-time state champion. So that was really cool to get into. And I, I just, actually went to high school with a guy who came from Lowell, wrestled, and then went to Purdue and was really big there just after you. So we graduated high school in 2015. What's uh, his name? Nate Limix. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I know of him. I met him personally. And then I know Schroeder as well. Oh, yeah. He went yeah. to Grandpa's. Catholic Central. Yep. Yep. Short is a fifth year senior at Purdue. I think he's ranked eighth in the nation right now. Yeah. So, so we have a funny, funny thing. So I've booked all of the guests. Maybe you, you might've brought in one to this point, but out of like the 25 people that we've done interviews with, Joe always finds a connection with Mm -hmm. the people that, that he's never met, but like, you'll just sit there and then chime in. Like this has happened so many times. It's 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 a little little ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. And like, actually, um, we'll get into this minute later but i got a i got a call to a guy today who um we're talking about his insurance stuff which we'll get to later but he actually worked at gentex too okay i was like man your name sounds so familiar were you a group leader yeah i was oh so was i same time you were there <laughs> we were in different buildings but it's like how to, how oh, do they yeah, introduce you yeah so yeah. small world stuff so that yeah, that came with wrestling i did that for three seasons on staff and then that was when i was actually on third shift so i would work at night go home fall asleep at like 7 30 in the morning wake up at 2 30 in the afternoon go to rockford coach, get home by 6 p.m., eat, shower, maybe nap. I don't really know whatever my body felt like doing. Mm-hmm. Go to work, rinse and repeat. Yeah. So I did that for three seasons, basically six months out of the year because Rockford will always go to state. So mm-hmm. I was going from November to March. Yeah. And then wow. a couple summer hits here and there once a week or so. Mm-hmm three seasons and then my body and my per and like my personal life was just getting rough. So I had to find a first shift job. Sure. I did went to general electric 
for two years. And then I just went to volunteer staff at Rockford instead. Gotcha. So are you still coaching at Rockford? Yeah, I, I really just show up as like, um, I went to one practice this year. Uh, I'm actually going to go tomorrow. It's uh, team districts at Rockford. Okay. So for the district title, they just had individual districts at Grand Haven. I couldn't make it. Regionals this Saturday, but it's all the way in Howell. And I was like, I don't feel uh. like driving to Howell. <laughs> um, so, so you're kind of like a consultant for the team almost. Yeah, you kind I'm of involved. Pop in and you know, I, I walk in like I'm still a coach, so I don't, I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say, but I don't pay for a ticket or anything. Um, I just walk down, I walk on the floor. I'm yeah. right behind the guys. They know who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not super involved with like yelling at them or anything because the kids don't really know me super well. Yeah. Some of the seniors that are, they're now seniors. They were freshmen on my last year. Gotcha. So you've they, got a relationship I got with them. With them, them yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I just like being there. I love the sport. Um, we're trying to get tickets to go to NCAA national finals or in Detroit this year. That LCA oh, cool. and I've never been to LCA yet. So I'm trying to score tickets there. I went to the one in 2018 in Quicken Loan Center in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That was hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. So I just, I love the sport, man. It's pretty fun to watch. No, that's awesome. I've never been to a wrestling match and I don't understand how the points work. So you'll have to, you'll someday you'll have to take me to one to explain yeah, to me how it works. The unfortunate sport where there's not really casual fans. Like you have to know the sport. Exactly. Yeah. Basketball, ba basketball, ball goes in net. Yay. Right. Baseball, ball goes over the fence. Yay. Yeah. Football guy catches it. Yay. Wrestling. There's 96 different ways to score. <laughs> right. And you can hear the crowd react. And when someone's just there, like the crowd's reacting, I don't know what's going going on but the whole crowd goes insane over yeah, something for or sure. they'll yeah. start you yelling can see things, if so, yeah. somebody like gets pinned or something or somebody yeah, gets that tossed around obvious, you can you can when tell someone, but when, when the crowd starts yelling stalling and you're like i don't know what that means what's yeah. he doing or yeah like you have to watch a match and coach with for the sure two, but the environment at least being in there when it's rowdy when two teams are going at it mm -hmm. uh it's it's pretty fun i'd say even if you're you don't know the sport when you're in the environment it's pretty fun to be part so of. is this the way that it's scored because it's an individual sport but i'm yep. sure the tournament's run like a team sport, correct? Yeah. So yeah, there's 14 individual matches. How you win each match determines how many team points are going to be given. So okay. you can get three, four, five, or 16 points depending on how you win the individual match. Gotcha. And then that all gets tallied up and then you have a, you have individual winners, but then if your team scores enough, the team wins the team tournament. Wins, yeah. Is so, that, is that for like, just like tur weekend tournaments and stuff like that? So or? yeah, the Wednesday duels, a duel is scored like that. Um, okay. If you do a super duel, it's usually a team and you face five teams at a time. Okay. Individual tournament, like in postseason or just a regular tournament, like over in Detroit Catholic Central, there'll be a bracket of 16 guys and um, individual tournaments are scored differently for team as well. So gotcha. like if you advance, it's one point. Mm -hmm. um, if you get a pin, it's two points, but in a duel, it's six points. Gotcha. So it's more so um, individual. And what's crazy is that depending on how the seating is and how guys fall on the, on the bracket, uh, a team could be surprised and like, oh, so-and-so got second out of this. That was shocking. But if they were in a duel, they probably got smoked. Sure. So it just depends. Gotcha. Hmm. That makes sense. So, um, so did, so now kind of shifting gears into running marathons, did you just mm -hmm. get bored one day and sit like Forrest Gump? And then I started to run and close. Um, so I, with wrestling, I ran, I started running cross country as a sophomore okay. in high school. This is a funny origin story though about it. Um, I played football. Mm -hmm. I played football fifth grade through ninth grade and my team, my high school team was trash. I was like, I am not having fun. Uh, I hate losing. This is not sure. worth it. So that's why I quit after freshman year, but I love the sport still. Um, um, but I was in Spanish class my sophomore year, or uh, excuse me, end of my freshman year. And Andrew Byers, who went to, who I, I was going to hear this, but uh, I remember him. He, he sat right behind me and said, you know, he and I were the same grade and he was a cross country runner. So it was an older brother. He said, mm -hmm. hey, you should come out for the team. You know, why not? And I was like, all right, sure, I'll do it. 
when I went to practice, it was in June, like towards the end of the school year. So it's hot out. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that cross country is a co-ed sport. And I didn't know that there were also the high school girls team was going to be there. <laughs> and 15 year old me noticed that there were some girls uh, wearing some running clothes and it was 85 <laughs> degrees out and they weren't wearing, you know, and I was like, 15 year old me was like, Okay, yeah, I, I can do this. This sure. sport's yeah. awesome. This sport's awesome. So <laughs> I joined because of the good-looking girls that were on the team back when I was 15. And That's I was like, hilarious. this is great. So, but, dude, I fell in love with the sport. Um, it kept my weight down for wrestling, which is great, too. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question about marathons, where I got in the distance running. Before, oh, before that, what, what was your best 5K time? In high school, and sure. I, I just broke it in I, I just broke it in Thanksgiving. Okay. I broke a, what, 12-year-old record. I ran 18-15. 5k Holy which is 3.1 miles that's pretty good just this past thanksgiving i ran an 806 that's pretty good i broke it by yeah seven eight seconds yeah that's awesome it was a 12 year old record yeah that's cool wow. my first I, my first and only official well i did like a turkey trot did you mm -hmm. do the turkey trot in indy or what Terre Haute, indiana okay gotcha i did the turkey trot in indy this year and um i so that doesn't really count because it was like half running half walking and yeah. you know, hung over from the night prior. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. That was what was going on. I yeah. was like, I did Classic. not want to do it and we were drinking and I got talked into it. So I came and I just <laughs> ran in 39 it. 39 degrees out. It's it was freezing. It was raining. Like, yeah. It, it was miserable. Why but am I here? I think I did that in like 40 minutes, but the only actual 5k that I did and I tried is like, I didn't, I'd never done it before. So I didn't know how to pace myself right. and I didn't know where to place myself. I did the, the riverbank run probably yep. in like 2016. The full 25k no just the 5k okay just, five, just got 5k it. okay so i had no idea where to put myself and i'm not i'm in pretty good shape but i'm not a runner at all so so i got back in like the 12 minute mile pacers because yep. they, they start like you can start in the line where you think you're the gonna, corral yep. yeah whatever it is and <laughs> I, I i started in the 12 and I'm like, and I'm starting to jog and I'm starting to jog and I'm like, I feel like, okay, I was like, I'm not tired. I'm doing pretty good. And then they had like the mile markers and I was like, I think I was at 13 minutes on the first mile and I was like, I'm going way too slow because I was just going with the crowd. Like I was like, okay. Right. And then I was like, okay, this is way too slow. I know I can do better than this. I finished in 27 minutes. <laughs> oh, you booked it last two miles. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm over it. I, I basically sprinted. I ran yeah. as fast as I could the last two miles, 2.1 yeah. or whatever it was. Classic. But yeah. So most people will like blow themselves out and they're dying by the mile and a half. I did the exact opposite. Yeah. So hey, that means you, that means nobody passed you up at the end of it. We were always talking about country. True. Don't get passed I, up. I Don't feel get like up. I passed over a thousand people. Yeah, I'm not, and most of my energy was zigzagging through the crowd. That's the part that sucks too. Yeah. yeah. I got way up front. Like us, I, I was done to the riverbank run this October. Um, I started in corral a right behind the elite group. So the okay. elite group got a 30 second head start. Mm -hmm. Um, and then corral a started. So okay. I'd have to worry about any zigzagging. I was one of the fastest guys up there. So yeah. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Wow. I always wonder like how I would do in a group that was like, cause they, that sets the pace that you kind of feel like you have to keep up with yep. versus being the pace setter. Like, I feel like I would do pretty good. When I did that. the, when I did the marathon back in September, um, there was, it was a smaller marathon. It was, mm -hmm. it was particularly meant to be a boss and like be able to qualify for Boston. Mm -hmm. So there's only maybe a hundred runners, not okay. a lot. And some came from Detroit too. Was that here in town? Yep. It was at okay. Millennium Park. So it was six loops. Gotcha. I ran a circle six times. That's actually where I ran the only half marathon I've ever done. I hate running. Which one was it? Uh, it was Catholic Central put one on. Okay. Uh, their cross country team does one every it's year. It's a fast course. I was, uh, I was dating a cross country runner. I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I go up to a teacher and she's like, do you know how long a half marathon is? I'm like, 
No, no clue. <laughs> 13. Whatever miles, the marathon yeah. thing is, it's half of that. So yeah. no yeah. big yeah. deal. Yeah. I, yeah, I was 50%. a swimmer for four years. It was okay. senior year. Uh, and sub two hours beat like most of the girls cross country team. So I was super happy with that. Yeah. I, that's a, I always say, dude, if you're out there running, you're beating everybody on the couch right now. We had, we had one kid. He was, he was holding a six minute pace for that. Yep. That's wild. Yep. I held my PR, I think it was 127, 27, which is a six 22 pace. Fairly, fairly pretty, yeah. pretty dang fast. I actually PR twice in the riverbank run. I PR'd my half and my 25 K time. No, that's awesome. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. So, um, well, and it's interesting too, because my, my, my little sister, Kate, you know, Katie, mm-hmm. um, she, she ran cross country at spring Arbor and she's training for, um, the, De- no, she did the Detroit marathon back okay. in, um, November, October, November, October, something yep. like that. And I think she did, did she, did she break three thirty? Remember? Uh, no, but it was not. It was in between three thirty and four. Some something in that. If she broke three thirty. She'd have been a Boston qualifier. Yeah, she was. She was close, but not quite. It was yeah. the first one that she had ever done. Awesome. And good um, for her. No, she's she's really good with that stuff. Yeah. Um, me on the other hand, I like beer, so yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, do marathons. And dude, I'm not a swimmer. I, oh. I, so like when we did, I did a triathlon, I did the Michigan titanium. We did the relay. Guess who ran me genius, right? Um, <laughs> we got someone who was a swimmer at, at Ported central. That was her when she swam in high school and swam for GV. Mm-hmm. And my buddy came from Indianapolis who is a, a biker cyclist. And we took second overall as a team. Oh, that's sweet. Nice. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, I, I don't swim. So I envy you guys that swim. Uh-huh. But everyone's like, Oh, I can never run. Well, I can never swim. So it's not my thing. Yeah. yeah I would, I, in high school, I, I hate doing either now, but in high school, I would have much rather swam a mile than run a mile. I mean, I was, I was swimming four to six miles a day, six right. days a week. Yep. That, that makes sense. I think I do like four to six miles a day, usually at a minimum. Like I did four and a half today before I came over here. Mm-hmm. I did four yesterday. I did 17 Saturday on the treadmill because it was too terrible out to bust, you know, bust my ass outside. So Dude, it was brutal. But my, you, my wife, what do you tr- have to do mentally for that? Like that, you know, that's what I get a lot of. And I think, so a couple things on that one, it's, it's experience 15 years of running. You kind of just know where your, what your mind does um, for someone that's new. That's like that. It's like that you're, you're consciously unconscious about what you're doing with your body. So like my form has been perfected over the years to where I can go run, not think about it. I don't, I rarely think about my form. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. I know my, I know my feet land. I know how my shoulders are relaxed. I know my cadence. I know everything about my form. So I don't have to think about it. Um, mentally though, my brain thinks about whatever I want to think about, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, when you're in a treadmill though, believe it or not, this is gonna sound stupid. But I think about prospecting and sales and when I talk to people and like, <laughs> I can keep my mind occupied like that too. Yeah. Like what I'm like, you know, like, you have like, um, you have arguments in the shower, like, oh, I should have said that instead. Yes. Like that's me on like, oh, I should have, you know, whatever it is. Right. But also like to get my, um, and um, overcome that objection. Right. It's like, oh, I got that objection for what are we doing? Like, garbage. So, but like, you know, at one point, you know, what's really cool. I did the riverbank run. My, this is a new watch. I have my current, my previous watch had broken mm-hmm. and that's where I carry all my music. And I thought, man, I'm about to run 15 and a half miles, no watch, no music, no phone. And I did, I just had to rely on intuition and experience. And mm-hmm. fortunately there was a crowd that helped pick you up a little bit too. Um, but there was just something peaceful about it that I, mm-hmm. I really liked. So mentally, um, I tell you the tough part mentally is when your body starts to shut down, then mm-hmm. your brain starts thinking about your body because I feel pain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that doesn't that doesn't hit until about mile twenty. Everyone knows. Anyone who runs marathons knows. Mm-hmm. 
when you hit 20 miles, you usually hit a wall. It's the next 10K that sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can run 20 miles, no problem. The next 6.2 are what rough. Mm-hmm. That's when your body starts hurting. That's when my brain starts thinking about it. Okay, I may have to adjust my feet a little bit. Hips are starting to go, keep my shoulders down. Mm-hmm. But for about three quarters of the marathon, it's mm. just natural Why do you running. think that is? What I think about what, what do you no, think? why why does everybody break down at mile twenty? Why is that? Why is that such so, a? Because I've heard that before, and I don't know yeah. dick about marathons. It, it's the other joke is that the twenty six is easy. The point two is what sucks that part as well, right? <laughs> um, the point anything is always gonna be tougher. I think it's just that wall. Like you hit the even number twenty. Okay, I got a ten k to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in training, you're taught to relax your body and not actually train for don't run a marathon during your marathon training right um because you want your body as healed and as healthy as possible how you can overcome that well how do right. i know my body your body knows time and intensity it doesn't know what 26 miles is mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll go run for three hours but i'll run lower to my, my actual marathon yeah. pace. therefore my body knows what three hours feels like mm-hmm. but i need my legs to be feel intensity so i'll run at a 10k pace or a 5k pace so that way my legs know intensity gotcha doing that with enough miles over the week week after week your body will get used to it as well mm. so when the time comes and you taper which is a whole other thing we talk about as well with tapering when the time comes the marathon day hits your body is in the best shape it needs to be in mm-hmm. that it can be in so that way you can go all out for the marathon no that's sweet that's no, good to know. What do you think about people that run ultras? So if you think I'm insane, I think they're insane. Okay. I, I do. I get, I get told that, oh my God, I, you're, I get you, the word insane can only mean like, there's a certain peak how words mean, right? Mm-hmm. I can only like, okay, if I'm insane, what, what do ultra runners do then? What do people yeah. that run in Siberia do then? Like what, um, one of my favorite, um, triathletes, I'm blanking on his name. He's called the iron cowboy. <laughs> um, he's a triathlon in, from Canada. If you look him up, I, I can't think of his name, but he was known for two things, the 50, 50, 50, which was 50 Ironmans in 50 days across all 50 states. Woof. He did that in 2017, maybe just this past year, he did the conquer 100 where he ran 100 consecutive Ironmans um, in his home state of Utah. He did that from March to I think middle of July is what took him hundred days. So if people call me insane for running marathons, how much I run, well, what's, what's the word for him then? Right. So it's just, it's like me, like I don't swim, dude. Not my thing. Yeah. But ultra runners, it's like, oh, marathon's fine. I'm gonna go run 30 miles instead. That's <laughs> okay. unbelievable. That's yeah. No, I, I never heard of that until I heard, I heard about David Goggins. Yeah. And <laughs> Goggins is a different, he, he's a different, different cat. Different cat, man. Yep. He's just, I, I, I think the first time I heard, no, the first time I heard about him was I read a book called Living with the Seal. And okay. it's by a guy named oh, Yeah, I've heard about that book. Yeah, Jesse Itzler, and he is a billi- he's a billionaire mm-hmm. and he is a marathon runner. And he he runs marathons for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had kind of gotten in a funk. And he was run he was doing a uh, hundred mile a hundred mile race. Yep. Or no, it was a hundred mile race accurate. or a twenty-four hour I've heard of both. Some, some, something along those lines, yeah. but it was on a mile track. So mm-hmm. you're doing this, you're doing this loop a hundred times in 24 hours, whatever it is. Something, yeah. Yeah. And, um, he's like, he brought his tent, he brought a masseuse, he had all the coolers and food and chairs yep. and stuff. And this dude shows up this jacked 
like like built like a linebacker looking dude just you know because marathon runners are typically pretty skinny yeah and this linebacker looking dude uh comes in there with a lawn chair and a box of saltine crackers Classic. and just starts running and running laps and by the end of it um he broke several bone like several of the small bones in his feet yep. and his petite wife is like dragging him into the car like he like he shit his pants like all this crazy stuff body shot down yeah, yeah. and so um so this guy so jesse gives this guy his number and and he they they swap contact info briefly at the end of the race and he call he cold calls him he calls david goggins mm-hmm. he's like hey i want you to come live with me for a month in um uh, in new york it's like the middle of winter or whatever and um or you no know, he calls him up and he's like he's like i want to buy you lunch i want to i want to pick your brain yep. and goggins was like on your dime mf or basically is how the call went. So he flies out to Los Angeles or San Diego, sits down with Goggins. They have lunch. He invites him to come stay with them. And so all of a sudden one day he gets a knock on his door, 8 AM middle of New York. Uh, David Goggins shows up on this doorstep with a backet, a backpack wearing jeans and a t-shirt in the middle of winter in New York. Mm. And he's like, get out here, motherfucker. We're going for a run. Oh, and yeah. it, was, it was like that from that hilarious book. I yeah. loved reading that book. Oh wow! I've and um, nothing, yeah. and that's how I got to know David Goggins and learn who he was. And then he went out Rogan, and mm-hmm. I ended up buying David David's book that he wrote. And um, that's such a good book. Hearing the um, uh, hearing what that guy puts his body through. Right. He the dude almost died. Probably. Yeah, for for anyone listening that does not know who David Goggins is, yeah, just fill him in. go go read their book. His book uh, can't hurt me. Yes, he's a Navy SEAL. Yep. He's an absolute maniac. Has broken a ton of records. Just does not let his body tell him when to stop. Him and Jocko, dude. Yeah, they're wild. Yeah, dude, Navy SEALs are wild. Yeah, um, those two are probably some of the most psychotic that have yep. ever lived. Most popular. I've seen Jocko speak in person. Yeah, I, I just read um, his book. Uh, extreme I'm, ownership. Or? Yeah, extreme ownership. Yeah, I just read that one, and I just finished um, uh, "Never Split the Difference" mm. by Chris Voss. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's good. It's a good negotiating book, which helps with sales too. Okay. Yeah, it was it was very eye opening. Yeah. Um, the ownership book was more like I, I I understood it. I wasn't shocked by anything he said. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite book of all, one of my favorite book of all times is the infinite game by Simon Sinek. Those are kind of the books where it's like, if they change my mentality, change my thinking, that's why I recommend it to anybody. Cause mm-hmm. that's what it was. It talks to me about. No, that's so, good. Yeah. No, I'll be honest. Like I took a, um, I, I was, I was part of a group that like, I was super personal growth, um, yep, me too. minded for a long, from like age 19 to about age 25, mm-hmm. I want to say. And for whatever reason, I, I kind of got burnout on it. I started spinning my wheels a little bit. And the problem was I was taking in all of these good things in my brain and my actions weren't, weren't really lining up with it. Right. So I got super cynical about all the personal growth stuff. Yep. So I, I, if you look behind you, there's a bookshelf filled with books that you've probably seen before. I've read every one of them. And, um, and 
but I got super cynical about it. And I took a two year hi- hiatus from reading anything of value. And I just broke that cycle at the, my new year's resolution this year. And I, I hate new year's resolutions, yeah. but I, I flipped a switch this new year and I've been getting back into the books and getting excited about it again. But you hit the nail on the head that everything we've learned in manufacturing or sales or insurance or wrestling, wrestling, like I can, I can teach you and I can be taught and I can be coached a hundred different things. But if you don't apply it, Exactly. What, what does it mean? Then? It was so, going in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And, and, and it, again, it took some ownership on my part to say, you know, my, my, my frustrations of where I'm at in life. It's not because I'm reading all this stuff. It's because you're not doing what the books are telling you to yeah, do. You gotta, you gotta try. <laughs> so so uh, and that's, and that's where I kind of put it back to like my career too. Like with marathon running, it's just, I put down three things, effort, consistency, and time. Mm-hmm. I put the effort in and I'm consistent with it over time. I will get better because marathon training doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of stories like, Oh, I went and I had never ran before. I went and ran 30 miles in three hours. I'm like, bullshit. I don't believe that at all. Like <laughs> if I was there, I'd believe it, but I don't believe you at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it just takes, you got to put the effort in. Um, I think that's the one tarp. Some people just don't want to dip their foot in the cold water. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to dive right in or we call drinking from a fire hose, whatever it is. But yep. yeah, I can learn all the things I want, but I don't apply them that I'm just wasting my time and money then. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, and I, I have the, um, and, and one of the reasons why I'm proud of what we've done here is that I, I have a knack for getting hyper-focused on certain hobbies. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to play baseball in the summer. I get hyper-focused on that and right. that's, that's all that I want to do. And I'm going to train five nights a week and, um, like hyper obsessive with it. And then, oh, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to dump a bunch of money into it and I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do only this, but I'm proud that we've stuck with it and that it hasn't fizzled out. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've altered the course a few times and we've made changes and all of those things, but we've stuck with it, which is one of the reasons why, you know, this is really something that, that makes, makes a question I want to ask mm-hmm. of you. Like I've learned of two different schools of thought. One I've heard of pick, pick a topic you want to do like baseball, podcasting, whatever it is. Don't say shit about it and just grind for six months. Mm-hmm and just become a master of it? Mm-hmm. Or do you kind of announce to everybody what you're doing as you start of it as kind of like force yourself to not fail? Cause like the way I two see two things is like one, it there can be pros and cons of both. It really, I think you can do both at the same time, but some people are like, I'm either telling everybody. So I like, I speak it into existence type deal. Right. Um, but the other one is like, I'm doing, I'm doing this behind the scenes. Cause everybody talks about my highlight reel, right? Mm-hmm. Like I post my stuff on Instagram all the time For sure. with like my business or with marathon running. Mm-hmm. Um, that way people just see the grind. You know, what's really inspiring is that whenever I see somebody I haven't seen in a while, like at a bar or whatever, mm-hmm. first thing is talked about running. Yeah. Right. Like, Hey, I've, I've seen you grind on Instagram. Man. That's awesome. I've seen your, like all my posts are about running that at yeah. one point. Yeah, for sure. But like, that's one of the things where like, you know, I, w- I want people to see the behind the scenes. Like I'm grinding out there, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll have some rough days, um, where like, I just had bad form and just my, I had a cramp out of nowhere. Um, but like people know that I'm, I'm running the Boston marathon. I'm mm-hmm. putting in the work now. So I, I, mm-hmm. I can't fail about it for sure. But at the same time, there's things I do where it's like, you know, I don't want to announce this yet. I want to grind at it. I want to see if I can get good at it. Cause I, there may be a fear of failure. If Operate I talk in about the it. shadows or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I so think where do you get for that from? We so think? I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Because I think that, because there's nothing that you're, there's nothing you can do. Let me, let me, I heard somebody really smart say this once you can do anything in life that you want to do, but you can't do everything in life that you want to do right now. 
Yeah. So you have to choose what you want the most and then go after that specifically. Yep. So in your case, the fact that you're putting it out there that I'm going to run the Boston Marathon, you're putting pressure on yourself because in, in one, in one, in with a marathon and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's up to you and you alone. If you attain that goal, there's not really a lot of outside influence that like, for instance, yeah. um, if, if, well, because you you running the Boston Marathon that's up to you because there's a pretty it's pretty cut and dry you have to yep. run a marathon under three is it three hours or I unfortunately I was not a qualifier so I got to tell I I'm a charity runner though which you still got to get picked though so like you no know, like Chicago you can just pick a charity and get signed up and raise fifteen hundred dollars I had to get interviewed and selected for a team I got to raise seventy five hundred okay and I'm less than a thousand dollars away which is great that's awesome but um yeah Boston's the most prestigious and the oldest marathon okay in so the world, you can sure. so you can either run it by qualifying or run it charity runner as a charity it, it does runner. not have a lottery so chicago's lottery new york has lottery la has lottery london okay. has lottery or you can be a qualifier or charity runner okay boston it's you're either a qualifier or you're a charity runner there's only like thirty six thousand to get to go okay sounds like a lot but remember this is the entire world that tries to qualify for sure for sure and, gonna, after you run for charity are you gonna go back and qualify so if i break three hours at this marathon i will automatically qualify for the next marathon oh nice cool yep. the, the the range is every september it's the cutoff <laughs> for sure yep so it's ultimately up to you yeah and so um by the way we'll put the link in the description to your your charity That'd be awesome yeah, yeah so it. if you want to drop a drop a five or drop a tenner um any uh any dollars uh, from the show, can if they donate, can they send a link? Like, can they put like who donated it? And wh oh yeah, when you sign up on the link, so was, uh, I guess I'll give a background. It's the sure. American Liver Foundation. Okay, and why I chose them? There's like 40 charities that go for the Boston Athletic Association. I chose them because it made the most sense. Because this is the sad part of it. My mother had passed away just this past mm. June from liver cancer. Okay, my mm. dad is gonna hit his five year anniversary when he passed away from liver cancer wow. in two weeks. So both parents of mine passed away from liver cancer before I hit 30. Wow. And when I didn't qualify, I was like really bummed out. I was like, man, this sucks. Is there anything I could make this happen just because of what just happened to me in my life? Mm -hmm. I saw the American Liver Foundation. I was like, this has got to be it. So mm -hmm. I, I only applied to them. I didn't bother playing anything else because I don't think I could raise enough money, you know, for the Boston Buddies fundraising. So sure. it's like, it doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah. My story makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, American Liver Foundation, uh, it's, you know, just like... You know, anything like from a breast cancer donation, but it's for liver cancer, liver sure. disease. So yeah, my goal is to hit 7,500 for the minimum. Otherwise my credit card gets charged. So any donations would be great. So I get my credit card charged. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, but I'm at like 6,800. Um, I got to hit 75, but I mentioned in my fundraising video too. I want to go above and beyond. I have to the April 30th. So why not try to hit 10 grand for sure? Um, nice. so 7,500, I can at least breathe that my credit card won't get charged. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing that too. Um, there's only 55 of us, five are actual Boston qualifiers that also just wanted to do a charity. Mm. Um, so I think the goal for the ALF too is from this race, raise 500,000. Mm -hmm. I think we're at like 368 total. That's awesome. So that's yeah, it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, click the link in the description below. Go and uh, go and drop some cash down there. That'd be awesome. So, um, we you, were, know you know what's crazy about the Boston Marathon? The last part. This will be the first marathon or the first race I've ever ran, where starting point A and starting point A and end point B are not by each other. Mm -hmm. um, it starts in Hopkinton, which is the outer suburbs of Boston, and it starts and it ends in downtown Boston. Right. So basically. 
we're all staying in hotels in Boston. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets on a bus. We drive 26 something miles over to the start line. And if you want your stuff back, you need, you need to run all over Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So every oh, other race awesome. I've ever ran, whether it be a marathon or lower, um, the finish line was like two blocks from the starting line. Mm-hmm. It just, you do a big old loop. No, nope, this is a straight line, Hopkinton to Boston. So I'm like, well, I want my stuff. It's 26 <laughs> miles that way. So better start running. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm excited. Now I wanted to circle back to your question though, because it was super interesting. So mm-hmm. you basically said, is it better to do you put it out into existence or do you grind for six months? For sure. So, well, as far as what the podcast is, how the podcast is concerned is that we put, we did both. So we put it out into to existence. We we told the world what we wanted to do, and but how many times did we shift gears, and and make changes and try fail and adjust because we tried some shit that just didn't work, right? And we tried some stuff that worked that turned into a completely different show. We have two podcasts now, right? So we have the NFL show, which is its own separate thing, mm-hmm. um, and we have we have the original show. Um, which is the long form interview style where we want to bring on people and talk about their origin stories. Mm -hmm. And I just, and we found that um, it it just kind of, it happened. The NFL show happened organically. Um, It started as just a fun thing, but we started to get some traction on it and it was doing really, really well. And we had to make it, we made a decision mid season to pull the show off of the regular channel and start a brand new channel. Cause we were publishing everything on one channel for Mm -hmm. a long time. And it, we took a hit, uh, a major hit on viewership and we, we did just, we just determined that it was the best thing. It was the best decision long-term. Yeah. Um, and, um, that, that was kind of how, that was kind of how that worked. So, um, in our case, we, we put everything out there Mm -hmm. and we were, but I think there are also some things that like, I, what I don't like people saying is that I'm going to, um, is as far as financial goals, I'm not the biggest fan of putting people putting financial goals out yeah. into the ether because a lot of times it's not in your with a hundred percent within your control. Yep. Um, we, we in commission sales roles, it's right. more in our control than a lot of other people. But if somebody's putting out there, yeah, I'm, I'm dumping half of my check into Bitcoin every week and we're in, you know, my goal is by the end of the year to have X. Well, that that's not in your control. You, <laughs> right. know, you, 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 can, you can put it out there all you want. But when I look at the price of Bitcoin today and I knew, know that you dumped in 500,000 back in October of last year, I know you lost half your money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to look at you like, you're an idiot for making that that choice. I feel like it comes down to two main things. First of all, like what is the goal? Because something like a podcast, it's kind of stupid to not tell anyone about a podcast. That's true. That's, yeah. If, yeah. if you just if you just publish it on your private server, no one's going to listen to it. It's not going to go anywhere. But if you if you have like a, a personal growth goal, so like one of the previous guests that we've had on a couple times actually, Billy, uh, Billy, his whole thing was he wanted to read ten pages a day. Yeah. That's the kind of thing where you could do either way, and that's where it becomes a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Because for Billy, it it didn't matter what anyone else did. He might he might put it out there for himself, but it's not it doesn't matter what anyone else says. But you could also have the personality type to say, "Hey, I need to do this for me. Screw what anyone else thinks. They'll see the results eventually just by yep. their interaction with me." Yep. So. It, it certainly depends. Like there's like I always felt like I am my biggest motivator. Mm-hmm. Um 
especially my parents being gone. I've always said like, at the end of the day, I will always be there for me. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, I have friends and family still that, that love me and I love them. But at the end of the day, I have to be there for me more than anybody else. It's like the uh, analogy with the airplane. You got to put your oxygen max on first before you help mm-hmm. out anybody else too. Yeah. If you'll take mm-hmm. care of yourself first, it's hard for me to take care of anybody else as well. Exactly. So it's definitely not a selfish goal, but it's like, um, you know, there was actually a, I'm part of the sales group on Facebook and sometimes they'll, they'll ask a question. One question was interesting today. It was, you know, would you sacrifice yourself to work extra few extra hours to make a little bit more money? And I was like, no, if I'm not healthy. I can't go to work and make money. So people that the, the, the grind to me, that's like, um, oh, what was it? It, it the no sleep grind, like mm-hmm. get four hours sleep every day and brag about it. It's like, dude, I, I don't envy you. Mm-hmm. What are you bragging yeah, about? For sure. Like I will gladly get eight hours sleep and make 20 grand less this year. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about Gary Vaynerchuk. And I think, yeah, uh, same thing. He I got, yep. he got like really harped on back in the day for like, Oh man, Gary, you're working 20 hour days. Like, how do you do this? He's like, he, he shifted gears and he's like, no, I get eight hours of sleep, but my, uh, whatever, 16 hours a day is a full 16 hours. It's effective. He's yeah. being effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people have different things like work-life balance is a myth. Work-life balance is whatever. It's like, well, some people say, well, if I enjoy working 15 hours a day. Why would I not do that then? Well then, Hey, by all means, like mm-hmm. we're all, we're not all cut from sure. the same cloth there too. Exactly. Um, you know, I work to live. I don't live to work. And I, I love my career that I have right mm-hmm. now too. We have, a, we have an interesting career where we're in, we're in the full control of what we, you and I do. Yeah. Um, but even then, man, like when I was working salary in you know, a manufacturing job, man, I'm putting 40, 45 hours into work. You know, mm-hmm. I have no problem. Even at three o'clock on the dot, you give me the weird eye looks like, dude, I have a life for sure. I'm not married yep. to this job. If mm-hmm. you want me to do more, I mean, tell me if I'm not doing my job mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll, I'll be more effective during the time yeah. I can get done in eight hours where you can get done 11. So who's, who's really earning their pay right now? Exactly. So I will, I will, I'm only, I'm not, I'm almost 30, but like that's been my mm-hmm. entire career. And I've yeah. gotten to my point where somebody looks at me like, oh, you don't work hard enough. No, I'm just more effective than you. And I go enjoy my life. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You make more money than me. Yeah. I, I can, you, if you create great, if you make more money than me, but if you can't spend it and do what you want with it, mm-hmm. I don't know what the point is then. For sure. Well, the, the thing is, for me is that like with, with more, the mortgage slash real estate business is that real estate never sleeps until it does. Yep. So like, you know, I was ridiculously busy from like August until November, and then things kind of petered off in, you know, December and January. So like the whole work-life balance thing, it's a, it's a definition that needs to be made by the individual. It's not. Yeah. What's you your know, time scale? For sure. And like the, the nine, like most people would refer to a, a work-life balance as I work, I work nine to five. I get off at five. I go home and play with my kids for a couple hours before they go to bed. And then I go to bed at nine o'clock and I wake up and I do it all over again. I get four weeks of vacation a year and that's that. Yeah. And that's not, that's not how I do. Cause there are some weeks that I'm going to put in 60, 70 hours a week. And there's some days where I'm going to take a morning off and go hang out with my kids because I don't have anything going on. Right. So the balance, the balance for me is different than somebody who is on that, that salaried lifestyle that, yeah. which by the way, I was a part of for five years. So yep. I, I worked in, six for me. Yeah. I worked in the corporate banking world for five, six years and I, and I never found balance in that because it seemed like the work, the, the work was in the work-life balance equation. The work was in all capital letters and the life was in all lowercase letters. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. It, by the way, you have a life, first. by the way. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I think what's interesting about, you know, guys like you and I, we have to take a bet on ourselves that if we want to, you know, you have a house and kids to take yeah. care of. I don't have any kids yet, but you know, for I have sure. a house I got, I got to make sure I pay for, mm-hmm. but you know, I was like, well, I, 
I put the grind in every day for a marathon for coaching. Why not put the mm -hmm. grind in and make myself an income? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll take that bet on myself every day. Cause there are people that fizzle out people that just can't make loan officer work. They can't make insurance work. They can't make real estate work. Um, and you know, I think people will learn a lot about themselves. Like it's not for me. It's not a shameful thing. It's just like, Hey, you, you tried man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you gave it a shot and it's not for you, but you, you learn something about it. You learn for something sure. about yourself. Yeah. For sure. Speaking of the grind. So let's get into one of the main reasons why you're here. So you're a successful insurance agent and, and you and I, and we were talking about this the other day, but you and I are like the, it, like, oh, there's a word I'm looking for, but we're, we we got started in the in the in these two separate businesses that kind of work hand in hand yeah, almost at the exact same time almost at the exact same time yeah. beginning of March last year yep and That's why so I got um so we're um so we're kind of in this journey together and it's funny you just sent me a random LinkedIn message one day yep. and you're like hey let's chat and I and I swung by your office that day and it was and it was cool but it's cool to see what you've built yeah and I want you to just take a little bit of time and talk about what what you guys are doing down in Granville with uh, Michigan Farm Bureau and uh, yeah go ahead yeah so um, I, I own an insurance agency now uh, which is the weird thing to mention too is like whenever somebody has a huge career change they do real estate mortgage broker or insurance. Yep. Those are the top three people go to. Yep. So if you want to change careers, you might want to try one of those three. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I guess, so I got, uh, I worked at General Electric after I worked at Gentex for two years and this little thing called COVID happened where everybody lost their job, got yep. a layoff. So I was part of that guy. I was part of that. 40,000 of us got laid off corporate wide. And I was just kind of screwing around for seven months. You know, I had this extra freedom, a little bit of money in the bank account. And I was like, I'm going to do a little bit of traveling, which was weird at the height of a pandemic, but I still did. You know, <laughs> you know genius, right? Yeah. Um, you, you probably went to some red states. Yeah, I did. I was like, uh, I feel uncomfortable, down. but whatever. Um, and actually, I, you know, again, long story short, I decided to give insurance a chance because I saw the potential in it. Um, I, I don't have a boss. Uh, I can. I have that flexibility and freedom, which can be the downfall of some people because they realize how much freedom they have sure. and they are not disciplined. Yep. Like mm -hmm. there's discipline, there's motivation and they didn't have either one. It's like, it, it, you gotta have somebody force you to do that, right? So, um, I've never been in sales, but I have an entrepreneurship background, especially with college too. And I just know how to work with people mm -hmm. and take care of them. I had to do that as supervisor of manufacturing. And you know, what's crazy is that a year ago, like the average person probably listening to this, they don't, they don't know how the hell insurance works. Yeah. You're, 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 bam, but you're bombarded with, you know, save 50% or more by switching over here. Get the Daniel rate. Hey, only pay yeah. for what you need. Hey, uh, get protected from mayhem, right? Mm -hmm. It's all marketing. Mm -hmm. So really what does your insurance mean? I won't bore everybody with going through every single insurance line, what that all means too, but insurance is, is protection. So like, let's think about you and me and think of a realtor was here. A realtor finds you your house. Mm -hmm. You finance the house. Mm -hmm. I protect the house. Simple as that. It's protection, right? Mm -hmm. And what we always say is how much you're willing to pay for your insurance if it doesn't do what you want it to do. Well, how do you know what your insurance does? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm about education. And like, I'm telling you right now, I don't have the cheapest prices. Um, I'm not one of those guys where I'm going to, uh, you know, when somebody says, oh, can you get it cheaper? Okay, what coverage would you like to be removed? You know, everyone's like, uh, yeah. like, yeah, so that's what I thought, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I say, hey, let me look at your coverages, see what you got for you. So we're all about protection. We protect three ways. One, if you're in a car accident and you kill somebody, uh, make sure your assets, your income are not, and you're not taken away when you go to court. Mm -hmm. Two, if your home burns down, we want to make sure we build it brick by brick. Three, heaven forbid you or your spouse don't come home one day or heaven forbid your kids don't wake up one day, whatever it is, make sure the family's protected with life insurance too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm telling, I'm telling everybody when I was listening, um, 
you know, I'm not the guy. I'm, I'm trying to get some something competitive because that's how we have to exist. If every insurance company won the cheapest price. They would just go out of business because everybody would be paying five bucks for their insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing with home and auto is that, you know, if you have a decent income and you have state minimum, uh, if you kill somebody, you're going to be taken to court. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you're 50 bucks more a month. Yeah, but I gave you the right protection. So you rather pay 50 bucks more a month or face a $200,000 claim in court because you have the right protection. Right. Which one would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, I haven't been in an accident in 15 years. I always drive five miles under the speed limit. It's fine. Yeah, you and me both, bro. I've never been to a serious accident either. Been 15 years. So I'll have the best coverage in case I'm sued. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're called accidents, not purposes. Yeah. Which happens for a reason, <laughs> right? So, and then you look up, I mean, look, 196 one, and 131 here in the Grand Rapids area. There's an accident every other day. Oh, yeah. It, you know, especially when the roads are bad. We all drive safe, but sometimes the road will just piece off and then bam, you're, you're done there. Right. So that's auto home. Make sure you build your home. But the biggest thing is too, is that, you know, if somebody gets hurt on your home, you can get sued. That's where liability comes in. Yeah. Um, we have a store, a guy I work with that. I'm also a boxing trainer, a guy I work with the boxing club 15 years ago, he got into a, he got into a fight at some guy's house and he was severely injured when he sued him, they went for the guy's homeowner's insurance mm-hmm. on their personal liability. He got a $300,000 payout. Yeah. Um, wow. Fortunately, that was just enough coverage to pick with the guy from like, you know, not getting his wages garnished. Mm-hmm. It's not like he made a lot of money either, but if he was making 500 grand a year, oh yeah, you could take him to court mm-hmm. and then yeah, your carrier paid you 300 grand, but then you're paying the extra 200 because you got the money for it. Yeah. So there you go. And then life insurance is a big thing. I, I get I get this all the time. Um, you know, and I'll ask I'll ask you guys too. It's my favorite little thing is like, we'll take a scale of uh your family, your home, and your car. Scale of one to three, one being the most important, three being the least important. <laughs> family, home, car, what would be a three? The car. The car. Yeah. I, I think most people agree. Yeah. Do you, you guys have auto insurance? Yes. Of course, right? Make sure yeah. in case you get into an accident, you want to make sure you're protected. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. What would you say is number two, home or family? Home. Home, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys you guys have homeowner insurance, right? In yeah. case your home burns down, make sure you're real, right? Yeah. Number one, I guess family, right? Yeah. I'd agree. Do you guys both own life insurance? Yep. yep. There you go. Yeah. Perfect, right? I, I Almost everybody else is there like, oh, no, I don't have that. I have something through work, but it's yeah. like, oh, you don't own anything, right? Yeah. We had yeah. that conversation last week. And we did. And we did, yeah. <laughs> and, and we did, yeah. And we're, we're work on yours too. Yep. So, and but like usually people will say, oh, it's got something through work. I don't own anything. Great. You have something through work, but what do you own? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Let's get you approved. Go from there. Like, ah, oh, we're going to, we're going to wait on that. And I was like, oh, okay. Hey, how long did you wait to get car insurance? And I got it immediately. Mm-hmm. Why? To make sure I'm protected. Oh, okay, got. It. So, what happens if you don't come home one day? You're gonna be happy you waited for life insurance. Your spouse gonna be happy you waited for life insurance. Yeah, no, I guess not. No. And the biggest thing is like, oh, I think it's really expensive, mm-hmm. dude. If it was expensive, nobody would buy it, and we couldn't sell it. Mm-hmm. It's really not that expensive. I got it as like a sophomore in college. Yeah, and and dude, and you're gonna have the cheapest premiums ever because it was dirt cheap because you're young and you're healthy, mm-hmm. right? And you're almost guaranteed. Now, something now, you know, and this is go off of my pitch here too, but it's like. Look what just happened. We had a once in a lifetime pandemic. Who didn't lose their job? I lost my job. Mm-hmm. I had work life insurance. Three hundred thousand dollars went away because mm-hmm. I got laid off. Fortunately, at the time I did have I did have whole life insurance through like New York Life. So if, if something happened to me, my mother would have got like hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? But even in her story and my parents, my parents did not have life insurance. Mm-hmm. Guess who got stuck paying paying for the medical bills and the and burial bills? Yeah. I, I had to help pay for some of that. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Damn, I just lost my parents. Now let me fund you know a couple grand to pay for everything too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's kicking the nuts. Um, 
And even then when my mom lost her job, she got furloughed. When she went to a new job, she had to do, you know, most jobs, most jobs, like the 90 day probationary period, we won't get your benefits yet. Mm -hmm. That was when she got sick. Mm -hmm. She couldn't qualify for work life insurance. We yeah. got nothing, dude. Mm -hmm. So, and like, the thing is like, tomorrow's never promised. I know we don't like to think about it. Right. But I, the, there are three groups of people that have that, that believe in life insurance. One, you guys, cause you own something. So do I. Two, uh, the people that had a spouse pass away and they wish they had life insurance cause they're not coming home anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the ones that, that believe in it the most too. So, you know, think about it. Uh, I mean, there's people that were at, you know, Gentex and G for 30 years. They got, they had to do early retirement or let go. Mm -hmm. They didn't have all this planned and now good luck of them <coughs> finding anything. Right. So, yeah, right. Um, so that's why we're all about protection. I always say like, Hey, the average person spends money on shit they probably don't need to spend money on. So that's kind of reevaluate your values. And I don't really push the whole lot because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work with people that believe in stuff and at least we'll have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like as part of my my responsibility that if I don't bring this up to let you know what tools are available, heaven forbid something happens, I don't want you to come by and say, why didn't you tell me about this? Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, I did. And you didn't go with it. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. But now yeah, you know, I wish if we go back in time, you'd want it obviously. Sure. Well, mm -hmm. and I, I got to see people on the other side of that too. Uh, when I worked at banks and mm -hmm. I would have kids come in, um, who were, um, you know, mom died or something like that. Whether yep. it was, it was most of the time it was a, a, a grandmother or something like that and right. uh, somebody elderly and they're, um, they're trying to figure out how to pay for all these expenses and they didn't have the stuff set up. Um, there's a reason why GoFundMe is the number one thing. Like, dude, let's, let's not worry about GoFundMe. Let's make right. sure you have something in place instead. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And that's one of the things where it's like even work-life insurance, usually it's, you know, one thing is I always ask, like, you know, go back to your salary jobs that you guys had. If your if your job came and you say, Hey, we're getting rid of health. We're getting rid of everybody's health insurance. You'd probably, I'm gonna guess you'd probably look for a new job. Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't have health insurance more. This is rough. I gotta, mm -hmm. I'm gonna look for a new job. If they came and you say, Hey, we're gonna get rid of your life insurance. I'm willing to bet you guys are like, oh, okay, whatever. Like people don't really think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But if they have something through work, two things. One, it's not guaranteed because, you know, some, I know USPS is you have to die at work for life shirts to get paid out. If you're at home taking a dump and you have a heart attack, uh, tell your kid to make sure you put your briefcase that's, on. That's or whatever crazy. It is. Yeah. There's some places, some places are like that too. Right. And the other ones is that, oh, well I get one times my salary, maybe one and a half times my salary. Okay. Mm -hmm. You make 50 grand a year. Okay. So you have a hundred thousand dollars in coverage. What's your mortgage? One fifty. Okay. So can't even pay off the mortgage. And then what's your wife going to do for an income? What are you going to do for pay the rest of the bills? You're sure to hurry up and get married again. You want to leave the kids anything? So now that now the dad's gone questions we got to ask. And it's, I know it's uncomfortable. People hate yeah. talking about it, but mm -hmm. You know, I wish my we had that talk when my parents were alive. I mean, like that was the that was the whole thing. Like, uh, I was talk. My sister went to to business school at Grand Valley, and one of mm -hmm. her friends got into insurance, and he was like learning like underwriting and everything. And yep. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and have a conversation with you. I'll be a dummy. And he's talking about life insurance and mm -hmm. the conversation comes up. Even as a college kid, if you have student loans. Your parents are liable for that generally. Yeah. Like if they're on it, then guess, they, just, oh yeah, well your parents are on it. So guess who gets to pay for it now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're a, even if you're a dependent, even if they're not on the loan. So for example, all my loans were in my own name, mm -hmm. but because Same. I'm their dependent, they still are the ones that immediately get that debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Loan collector can call them. So yeah. And there's a lot of risk too. People like to think about it, but I mean, 
like I said, life insurance, it, it can be expensive if you're, you know, 60 plus years old and you're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be expensive. That's why I say, let's get it while you're young. You know, why wait? Do you want a family? Do you want to have kids? Yes. Then put it in place now. Cause it's going to be dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want family and kids, if there's somebody that you care about that you love to leave behind, I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. Leave something behind for them. Cause they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to have to pay for your medical bills and ferry bills. I had to. I would love to have $25,000 given to us to help pay for everything so we can just make this ease of passing. Mm-hmm. But when someone says, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and wait on that. Did you wait on getting car insurance? No. So why are you going to wait on life insurance? Mm-hmm. First, just just get approved, guys. So obviously, shameless plug, if you're in Michigan, I can write you life insurance too. But if you don't own anything, go to, go to your financial advisor, go to somebody you trust and just have a conversation, get approved, and then see what you need. And if it's not in your budget, then get something that is in your budget. For sure. Last thing I want anybody to do is choose between growth groceries and their life insurance each month. Cause I know what you're going to pick. Mm-hmm. And then if you bail on life insurance, then you may never get approved again, depending on where it's a point you're at in your For life. Sure. So make sure you're protected on your auto. Um, sit down and have your agent explain to you what is personal, what does bodily injury mean? What's an under insurance yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Ask those questions. You, you never see the commercials about it. It's always switch, 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 mm-hmm. rate, rate, rate. Um, I can tell you if you're, if your um, insurance carrier pays two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks to uh, be in their commercials, you may be paying way too much for the I, insurance. I just <laughs> saw, and so, I saw that. Yes. And I love that. I was like, if yeah. you're low, if, if you're going through rocket mortgage and they can put a $15 million Super Bowl commercial, you're probably paying too way high of a rate. Yep. Yeah, go to your local guy sure. instead. Absolutely. Yeah. So Hilarious. call your local lender, call your local insurance agent. Uh, Nick Acosta, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, if you want to check him out, there's a link in the description. Uh, reach out. Uh, if you're in Michigan, uh, he'll take a look at your insurance. Um, again, like 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 Nick said, and I'll reiterate this real quick before, before we sign off, but if you want to call Progressive or call State Farm and just call a random customer service line, some nameless, faceless NPC that sits in a call center. Uh, nothing against them, but they're not going to take the time uh, to sit down and explain to you, explain everything to you and make sure you have the proper coverage. But if you reach out to Nick, he will take the time to work with you yep. and um, and make sure you understand everything. Make sure you're properly covered. And uh, your rates don't suck either, by the way. No, if our rates sucked, <laughs> if, if our rates sucked, we wouldn't be in business, right? We have right. to have competitive rates. But I'll tell you right now, hey, if I, can get, if I can save you some money, better protection, that's a win-win in our book. Absolutely. But if I'm 10, 20 bucks or more, hey, I'll explain to you why I'm more expensive, but I'm, I'm likely giving you better coverage. I'll be honest with you. Hey, man, you got, like, I looked at yours. You got great coverage. You have a great price. I couldn't beat it. Dude, stay with them. Yep. Like, you're going to be okay. I, yeah. I, There's no reason for you to come over to me. I'd take the premium, sure, no problem. But it's like, dude, you and your wife got good coverage. You guys are going to be all right. Yep. Stay with there. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, and I usually think is people never look at it after years. And it's like, if you hadn't looked at it in 10 years, you're probably making more of an income. You probably have more in retirement. Exactly. Let's take a, let's take a double look. Exactly. Just in case. So I'm getting life insurance through you though. Perfect. So. There you go. So <laughs> All right, yeah, hey, thanks, for, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Cool. Hear my own voice through my head. Or anything. This yeah, is pretty cool, it's pretty so. cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Acosta, thanks for coming on and we will see you on the side, other side. Have a great night.